0: Hey, it's Jeremy, and I just want to take a quick minute to thank everybody who's checked this out at sodasoccer.com, S O T A Soccer.com, and who has supported us and contributed to our Patreon at patreon.com/slash soda We're trying to bring the Minnesota soccer community unmatched, unprecedented, dedicated, unique coverage of Minnesota soccer that you're not going to get anywhere else with written pieces, podcasts, and bonus content available to our Patreon subscribers over at patreon.com slash sodasoccer. So if you haven't sampled our written content yet, Make sure you check that out at SodaSoccer.com. And again, if you want to go that extra mile and directly support what we do, every content creator that's on the Soda Soccer team is paid for their work. So if you want to help support that and contribute to that, just go to Patreon.com slash soccer. You can contribute for as low as $3 a month. Big thanks to everybody who is supporting not only the podcast here, but SodaSoccer.com as well. Now to the episode. What's up and welcome in, it's another edition of 10,000 Pitches, a podcast devoted to everything Minnesota soccer and beyond, presented by SodaSoccer.com. Hi, my name is Jeremy Rushing, alongside me as always for episode 124, it's Dominic, Jose, Bozonio, DJ, how we doing on this beautiful, I oh, guess not beautiful, but it's not snowing like it was yesterday, so it's an okay Thursday morning as we're recording here, how we doing?
1: Uh, I'm doing well. I, I'll I'll do a quick. I don't have it out to show you, but it's not a video podcast anyway. So um, a real quick shout out to uh, Jordan Floret, who is the the person that I sort of co-founded Fove English with. He just I, well, I just got a mail to yesterday. I imagine he sent it a long time ago, but there's some uh, issues with the mailing in England right now. But I just got a a match worn. A uh, Caracas FC jersey, a match-worn Copa Libertadores jersey with the Libertadores badge on it, and everything um, in the mail yesterday that I'm going to be uh, framing up. So I just want to get on the record, nice. thank you to him about that. It's really, really cool little piece of not little piece of memorabilia that I'm very happy to have, um, and that all has me in a in a very good mood to talk about, as as you joked about what feels like 12 hours of news content that we're going to fit in about an hour, because for some yeah. reason, everyone decided to do everything in about a two day period this week.
0: <laughs> it felt like a two hour period, to be honest. Like it was, it was the news week of all news weeks for not only Minnesota United, but, but lower league soccer here in Minnesota as well. Um, and uh, it's it's one of those things that makes this podcast so exciting to do and and one of the reasons why we do this is you know a lot of times especially in the off season especially in december and january there are times where we're really scrapping for content um to be full to be fully honest this is not one of those weeks we have a lot to talk about a lot of really notable news items to talk about on this week's episode so um, let's dive right into it. But before we do that, of course, got to let you know, of course, we're presented by sodasoccer.com. And finally, Dom, I finally did it. I finally just sat down two nights ago and started redesigning our website. I am not a web design person by any, any, by any stretch of the imagination. If you have seen the way sodasoccer.com has looked in its first year, you know that, uh, the person behind it, i.e. me, uh, isn't, you know, the most, uh, savvy web designer. Uh, but I, uh, I finally sat down and I, I just cranked it out over a course of three, four hours, um, a new look at sodasoccer.com and hopefully a better look, a better website experience for everyone who is checking us out. So if you haven't checked out the new site, do it sodasoccer.com, S O T A soccer.com as we head into year two. Um, hopefully just making a better experience for everybody checking out the website. We want to make this podcast a better experience for you. So if you want to let us know how you feel about the podcast, what you think, leave us a rating and review on Apple podcasts or Spotify. And you can also subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. If you like the podcast and you want to know when we're dropping a new episode of 10,000 pitches, post loons, whenever we get a new interview that drops, um, make sure you're subscribed so you can get that right in your feed and you get notified whenever we drop a new episode here on the soda soccer podcast feed. Also, if you want to go that next uh, next step and support what we're doing, directly contribute to what we're doing at SodaSoccer.com. Everybody who contributes content to us is paid for their work. So if you want to help us in our mission to make sure we're providing not only um, great coverage of Minnesota soccer, but also you know fairly compensating the people who are putting the hard work and effort into creating that content for you, um, you can go ahead and check us out at Patreon.com slash soda soccer and contribute for as low as three dollars. Uh, um we would love to have that uh love to have that um contribution from you and that support from everybody who's checking us out. Um also if you support us on Patreon you get our weekly bonus podcast if you subscribe in the five or ten dollar tiers um and that is 10k stoppage time and this week we're gonna go deep dive on new reported Minnesota United center back signing Miguel Tapias now there's a lot that's not known yet about when Tapias is going to join the team. We'll get to that a little bit on the podcast here and dive deeper into that on Stoppage Time. But um, all reports indicate he is at least set to join the team at some point this year. Uh, the big question is when. Uh, so go deep dive on him, his resume, and what Minnesota United fans can expect from him and his contribution to the team um, on this week's 10K Stoppage Time. So if you want that con- uh, content and you want to know more about Tapias, check us out there. But that's not where we're going to start the podcast this week, Dom. Any other week, Minnesota United finally signing their starting center back for 2023 would be the prime billboard A topic on the show. Any other week, this is not one of those weeks. Because Carl Craig is returning to the sidelines in Minnesota soccer, ladies and gentlemen, as Minneapolis City have an. Announced that of course former Minnesota United gaffer and forward Madison head coach Carl Craig is their new head coach for the 2023 USL league two season Dom, um, just your initial reaction when you saw this news come across your Twitter feed I believe it was on Tuesday that this dropped what was your
1: reaction yeah I mean it's it's a fascinating bit of news it's certainly uh it's certainly an impact signing at uh Minneapolis City continued to uh, live up to the reputation of knowing how to get uh, get people's attention. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, obviously, when you know, after Carl Craig left Minnesota United, there was obviously a period of time where he was a little bit off, off the radar in terms of that sort of like adult um, coaching. He was more dealing with youth programs and that sort of thing, and and certainly active, but a little bit out of out of the view from sort of that upper level adult level of the game. And uh, so when, when he was dismissed from Ford Madison, I think for a lot of folks that were interested in his career and him as a person, I, I think there was that question of like, oh, well, will this be sort of another era of that then, or or will we see a continuation of him being more active in that adult level of the game? Uh, and I know that he, he had returned to, to some, some youth focused, um, work. But now he's he's back, um, not necessarily yeah. at a professional level, but but at the adult level, at a high level. And that's really exciting. Um, you know, this is a a, a, a guy that uh, obviously, despite not not being from uh, the United States, is about as Minnesota soccer as as you can get. And uh, connected to and, and, and Wisconsin as well, obviously now and uh, really just connected to that, that upper Midwest soccer scene in, in about every way possible. Uh, and so it's really exciting to know that he's gonna be in the mix with this uh lower league scene up here that continues to grow and and I, I imagine he will certainly be a help to that. I mean his uh um, his uh, move got some coverage from some pretty big newspapers and so that that's uh that's always fun to see. Um, it's gonna be really interesting to see what this looks like. Uh, obviously, last season Minneapolis City had a couple different, um portions of their sort of multi-branch team not necessarily live up to uh, expectations on the pitch and of course they're going to want to improve on that this year uh and so it's really interesting to see what will that look like now that you put in a, a guy that has will certainly allow professional experience coaching uh both as being a professional coach but also coaching at the pro level um a guy that certainly is is known for his unique character his unique personality his um believing in what he believes in that sort of thing uh yeah i think it really sets up a a really fun um meeting of worlds and uh, i i think Mm -hmm. you know the 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 one the one question the one sort of like interesting thing i i I, I am waiting to see is just that obviously at forward madison he ran into some issues he actually talked about that on um, yes our family of content and, uh, you know, I, I'm just interested to see what that that experience that he had, how that informs what what this is going to look like, because, of course, the majority of players he's going to be working with are going to be younger guys who are going to be part of that next generation. And uh, I'm just curious to see how that works out. That being said, uh, the people that run Minneapolis City are not are not dumb. And I'm sure they did this yeah. with a clear plan and a reason to believe that it would work. So, um yeah, I'm, I'm really interested to see how it all fits together and interested to see how this informs the Crows' uh, second USL League 2 season.
0: Yeah, um, Andy Grader had a great article on this uh, for the Pioneer Press. And uh, Matt Van Benscoten, who was the former Minneapolis City head coach, now has sort of stepped down to take a purely general manager role with the team, bringing in new talent, scouting talent, things like that. Um, you know, He kind of echoed what you just said there about Carl's professional experience being a big factor in this. He said, quote, the big thing is his experience having coached at a higher level. Uh, he understands what professional really looks like as an amateur club, there are limitations. So where we can level up and be, where can we level up and be professional? There are certainly aspects we want to control for us. Carl is really good at that. And, um, I I think that's kind of the, the, that matches the trajectory that Minneapolis city wants to, wants to head towards, right. They want to be that, Unprofessional professional club, right? That that cool club who you know does all the cool and has the freedoms of lower league and and kind of is you know what Minnesota United used to be in the NASL days, where they were sort of the cool club and uh, were able to do a bunch of really creative things. But still on the field and the way they operate their organization, how organized they are as a as a as a team and as an organization, they want that to be professional and how their team is run, they want that to be professional. And I think Carl Craig kind of checks both boxes, right? I mean, he's a former punk rock, uh, you know, band member in England. Um, Obviously, he did the whole tea time stuff uh, with uh, Minnesota United in the ASL days. Um, When you talk about who Minneapolis City is as an organization, you know, that kind of matches Carl Craig to a T, does it not?
1: Yeah, no, I think so. Um, He, it certainly sort of. Uh, How I put this, you know, I I think not to speak for them, hopefully they agree or don't mind how I put this. But I I think that Minneapolis City, there's certainly an aspect of their ethos that aims to take up the space or, or, or aims to. Um, Gosh, how do I say that that aims to make up for the space that went missing once Minnesota United became, you know, an MLS franchise. And that sort of the nature of the soccer scene here at that level changed in terms of what things felt like and the relationship between parties and all these sorts of things. You saw a lot of these NPSL, uh, lower league teams all really started right around then. Uh, and I think a big part of it, I mean, even from, from Duluth to Rochester, the whole the whole bunch of it really started right after that. And I think a big part of that comes from um, the way the soccer scene changed once Minnesota United was no longer like this NASL sort of you could go meet the guys at the bar kind of thing. And um, I think for a team like Minneapolis City that, it, that successfully has sort of presented themselves as like, hey, we can be that, uh, to have probably the most memorable manager from that era of United is – kind of a perfect, um, completion of that puzzle in a lot of ways. Uh, again, obviously we have to wait and see how the season plays out, but in terms of the, um, the imagery, the, the, the concept of it, it, it really does fit. I think one thing I'm interested to see is, um, just, just on the note of the professionalism is, and this is to be fair, more of what I'm basing this off of is what I've seen from players because, frankly, you just haven't seen that many coaches with this specific kind of resume in the NPS or uh, in the NPSL North or in this new USL League Two contingent or in the UPSL. Um, but in the past, when players have come into teams who have a considerable professional resume, there's sort of been this interesting thing that tends to happen where those players don't actually necessarily do as well as you'd think mm-hmm. um, because they're not used to this type version of the game. And to be fair to Carl Craig, I know he actually has coached this level before a while back. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I'm just curious to see what does that look like? You know, he, he's obviously coached a, v- a variety of levels. It's not like this is a guy that's just played, you know, just coached this one level of the game, but hmm. what is that transition? Like, you know, he's going to be dealing with a different kind of player, a different kind of league, different kind of opposition. And uh, I, I'm just curious to see what that looks like. Cause again, You know, for very, I'm not going to name names. It just feels unnecessary to do that. But I can think of for multiple teams, players who have come into teams that had professional resumes. And then those players had good seasons maybe, but didn't necessarily uh, shine. And in fact, Hmm. those teams, their shining players were guys that were like 18. (laughs) And, uh, you know, had just started college. So I'm just curious to see what that looks like. Uh, But again, I mean, this is a guy, Carl Craig's a guy that that loves to, I think, defy expectations. So uh, I am sure that he will find a way to make it entertaining and successful but uh yeah again i mean this is really cool crazy news um that i did not know was coming until it happened i'm sure some people did but i didn't know um and uh really interested to see how it all plays out
0: yeah and that's that's a good point you just mentioned dom about how sometimes quality doesn't necessarily equal fit right and I think it's important as as cool as this this story is and how it's great to have Carl Craig back in Minnesota and you know how we think the fit will be good with Minneapolis City we kind of thought all the same things when he was announced as Ford Madison's head coach ahead of the 2021 season. Sure you know, the Mingo is yeah. kind of have that that flamboyant aspect to them um that that sort of cool kids type uh type aspect to their organization um and it just it just didn't work out. Um, And I think it's important to address the possibility that could also be the case here with Minneapolis city. We'll have to wait and see, but you know, it's just like, it's not necessarily a surefire. It's not going to work. It's not necessarily a surefire. This is going to be the thing that takes Minneapolis city to the next level and wins them USL league two in the next couple of years. And, you know, sky then becomes the limit. It could very well be that. And I think we both hope that that kind of is the case moving forward, but I think it's important to, to kind of address that, um you know what happened with forward madison it was uh, not a good first year for carl uh, with the mingos and there were some issues with with uh, a couple players um maybe not necessarily getting the playing time they wanted or just not necessarily gelling with carl's style of coaching and then you know as you could say it was, it was unfair that he didn't get a second year i was in the i was in the camp that i thought he deserved a second year there but Obviously the uh, organization decided to go in a different direction just after one year. So it's a very wait and see approach right now, but I think there is a lot of optimism and it's, and, and I think at the very least it's going to be really cool to see Carl kind of back on the sidelines in that, you know, semi-professional, even though I do know Minnesota United was professional technically when they were in ASL, it is still kind of that, that semi-professional feel where you know you're not an MLS team you kind of have that opportunity to be more of a community-based type team right. which Minneapolis City has really become and that kind of I think aligns with what Minnesota United was at the time that Carl was on the sidelines for them as well so but all in all very cool very excited to have Carl back on the podcast which I'm sure will happen sooner rather than later um, as we start to you know head into that 2020. Three season just a few months away um but yeah carl craig back in minnesota on the sidelines for for minneapolis city moving on though now to minnesota united um, before we get to the signings and kind of how things are looking from the transfer perspective um just want to address there are no new updates we get a lot of questions on this there are no new updates on Emmanuel reynoso or kamar lawrence um both uh you know the, the the statement that Minnesota United released a couple weeks back, or I think maybe one week back at this point still remains the latest information we have. Obviously, Re- Reynoso still in Argentina, presumably working on whatever he needs to work on with his um uh, with the investigation into his uh assault charge there. And then Kamar Lawrence dealing with personal issues, uh, which is why he hasn't joined the team yet, as they are down in Orlando. So no new updates on either of them. Obviously. All hopes are um, that they can you know, join the team in time for the season opener and be available for selection at that point. But that's still up in the air here as we record on January 26th. Again, by the t- time you're listening to this, you know we're going to drop this a little less than 24 hours after we're recording. There could be new information that comes out between the time of recording and when this drops. But as of right now, as we're recording here, uh, no, no updates on either Reynoso or Lawrence. But we do have an update as Minnesota United are expected to sign Miguel Tapias. Deal firmly in place for the 26-year-old reportedly the uh, for the center back to join the Loons in the summer at the very least. Um, and now this is kind of where the question mark comes in in terms of where when Tapias is going to join Minnesota because reportedly the deal is done. He is going to join Minnesota United at the very least in the summer when his contract with Pachuca ends. However, Minnesota, understanding the importance – you know, of locking up that center back position before the season starts, they are really trying to work with Pachuca here reportedly on getting Tapias in for the start of the regular season, finding a way to either buy out the rest of his contract with them or finding a way to make, make it. So, um, you know, he will be with Minnesota United um, ASAP. And according to Mexican reporter Raul Gomez, the Loons have reached an agreement with Pachuca to do just that, to cancel the remainder of his contract and join Minnesota as early as mid February. Again, we'll dive into Tapias' resume on this week's episode of 10K Stoppage Time. But we were we were talking last week about um about Michael Marquez and that signing about how his, you know, standing with the team was uncertain because of his youth and because of his lack of experience at this level. Um, and we were saying, you know, it'd be really nice if they could bring in somebody who's ready to start match day one and be that solid center back starter. Uh Tapias seems to check all of those boxes. And it's a big signing enough if he joins in the summer. But if they're able to make this happen and have him join in February and have him ready for the start of the regular season, that is a huge boost to Minnesota United's roster as you head into you know that February twenty fifth opener.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Either way, this is a a, a very astute uh, signing and a big grab. But uh, obviously, if they can get him for the entirety of the season, that's all the better. Uh, yeah, it's it's really uh, encouraging to see Minnesota United focusing in on some uh, younger defensive talent. Obviously, Tapia's is a little older than uh, Marquez, but um, you know, people, folks that are you know under that sort of thirty line, uh, both will have many years ahead of them. Uh, that really encouraging to see that kicking in this off season. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll talk more about him on stoppage time, but uh, but yeah, either way. Uh, obviously it'd be great if they can get him the full season. But either way, definitely um credit due to Minnesota United for uh, getting Tapias and getting a a really high potential defender with a lot of it speaking it's already under his belt um into the team. That that's a big grab.
0: Now with that being said, the there is the difference between him coming aboard in the summer and coming aboard in February is a massive difference for the potential you know, points that this team can gather and where they're going to end up standing in the Western Conference when it's all said and done at the end of the season. So again, more on top yes, and the reason why that's so important for Minnesota coming up on this week's episode of 10K Stoppage Time. Um, South Korean links, um, you know, there's really no new news on either uh, Shojae Soong or Joe. Jo. Soong looks to be either staying put at Geobook or uh, signing with Celtic or Mains, depending on who you're reading. Um, so it kind of looks like depending on those reports that Minnesota may not be his first or even second option at this point, also no new updates on Wang we Joe at the time of recording, but Minnesota does seem to have the inside track on him. As we mentioned last week, if he does want to make that move to MLS, if it is an MLS club that Joe wants to sign with, um uh, Minnesota has kind of firmly solidified themselves as that first option. So, um, more to come there. And again, there might be new updates on this, uh, by the time. Um, but now it's time to talk about the thing everybody's talking about on Minnesota United Twitter. And we're not gonna we're not going to discuss this very, very long. Um, the Legion. So Minnesota United launched a marketing campaign ahead of the regular season, and it has like a sweepstakes style giveaway where you have to do certain things in order to um, gain entries for the sweepstakes. And the first thing you had to do, I guess, if you wanted to get involved in this was you know, make the Legion logo your profile picture on your socials, tweet something about it, whatever. Um, but the verbiage and the way that this was announced and teased led some to believe on Minnesota United Twitter that this was a club sponsored supporters group that was being um started. Now, I was looking at the way the website was worded and the way some of the uh, promotional materials were worded, I could see where you might gather that impression because it's very much join the Legion, a group of Minnesota United fans coming together type, type thing. And so, you know, I could see where that first instinct is, Oh, okay. Maybe they're starting a new supporters group. Um, that as things do on Twitter snowballed in a way that um, I don't know. I don't, I don't think it was the most productive way for people to spend probably not their, no. their Tuesday afternoon <laughs> on, uh, on Twitter um but um yeah it turned out not to be a supporters group at all it's just a marketing campaign and people have to do certain things and you know um kind of co-op the branding of the legion if you will on their own social media if they want to gather entries for the sweepstakes and that's really it yeah
1: all right anyway yeah, so I if mean, you were unclear, go ahead dom I, i'll i'll keep this short i guess what i'll just say is that like okay God, there, there's a there's both a lot and nothing to say about this story <laughs> um, um it's accurate i can i can appreciate two two i think there's two very important things there's even after all this got cleared up there is still so much discourse going on about this i think there's two important yep. things to just clarify about what happened here because unfortunately what's what's happened after everything that clarified is that the two sort of camps at the far ends of the spectrum are still essentially using this as a thing to fight about you have folks that really don't like supporters groups that are using this as a way to try and sort of beg on them and you have folks that are really passionate about supporters groups and maybe aren't huge fans of sort of the club level or the franchise level of of the whole thing that are still kind of making this about like how dare minnesota united and the fact is that they're both missing the point, which is that this is entirely a mistake. Nothing happened here. The club was not making a supporters group. They never did it. It was not happening. You misunderstood advertising, which is a human mistake that happened. And then you you know people reacted the way they would if, if they understood things to be the way they understood them. But it was incorrect. The club wasn't doing anything. It was a misunderstanding. That's all that happened. I I think... You know there there's there's people that have been and and I get what they're saying you you said as well that that the language of the legion was like supporters group adjacent. I think the problem with that is it is making the assumption that any sort of community building in soccer has to be a supporters group. So the Minnesota United has had groups before. the Attas society was was a group. It was a season yep. ticket based group that had. So, "quote-unquote" supporters group adjacent messaging. Mm. The Legion is just that, except it's even smaller because it's not even that. It's just a marketing campaign for some some sales. There's no reason a team can't do that. Like teams are groups. That is the the real group is that you support Minnesota United. Everything else is a bubble off of that. So, to to me, it's just a little. I don't know. I feel like people are dragging this out longer than they need to. I think nobody did anything wrong. Lots of people misunderstood things. I don't think Minnesota United did anything wrong by creating this ad campaign. I think it is a completely well intentioned. And by the way, shout out to the people in the club that actually started to try and reach out and clarify to people. Yes, that this wasn't what they yes. were saying because people were spiraling this shit into insane places. And it was it was good that the club or people within the club tried to step in and clarify and stop things from overflowing. Um, yeah, I mean, look, it's just too yeah, bad the- that obviously this turned into what it turned into. But like, it's a well-intentioned thing that people reacted badly. I, I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully by the time the soccer is actually being played, we kind of more or less can forget about this. Um, but I I, I do want to make sure that like I w- I I think it's important to note. The club did not do anything wrong here. They did a marketing campaign that was not unlike marketing campaigns they've done before. Mm -hmm. And people misread it and then people reacted to their misreading of it, not to the actual content. And that's okay, that's a human error that happened. But none of this means that the club is horrible or that the supporters groups are horrible. No one's horrible. No one's horrible. We're all just a legion. That's all it is. At least in this this particular context,
0: no one is horrible.
1: Yes. Right. And this, yes. So, I, I, yeah, it's too bad. It's too bad that what was probably a very well intentioned and thought out ad campaign turned into this, but, you know, oh well. That's Twitter, I guess. Yep. I was about to say, such is Twitter, you know, so. Anyways,
0: moving on. Let's go back on the field. I feel grimy after talking about that, so let's let's, let's move <laughs> back to some on-the-field stuff. Um, just before we started recording, I got a little email in my inbox that says, MNUFC2 have signed goalkeeper Will Polisic. Now, if you follow USL League One like I do, um, and you follow Ford Madison, you'll know the name Will Pulisic. Um, He's a 24-year-old goalkeeper, most recently played for North Carolina FC in USL League One. Uh, it's a one-year MLS Next Pro contract with two club options. Um, most notably though Polisic has featured for the us men's national team u15 u17 and u19 teams representing the team in the u15 and u17 world cups respectively as well so season goalkeeper on the youth national team stage north carolina is one of the one of the clubs that's really well known for you know one of the lower league clubs one of the non mls clubs that's really known for having a really really good developmental type academy type system which really doesn't exist in many of those lower league organizations. So um you know we say I feel like we use this term for a lot of M and UFC two signings, but I think it also encapsulates why it's important and the the positives of M and UFC two is seems like a very low risk, high reward type scenario when you can bring on a, a talent like Polisic who's young. You know, 24 years old, I guess, in the grand scheme of things isn't too young, but at the same time, you know, he's got a lot of years ahead of him. And this is a this is a kid who is shown out on every stage that he has been given. Um, and now Minnesota United have him in their organization signed and sealed. Um, don't I don't really see the negative in any of this.
1: No, yeah, I think um, you know, right now it certainly continues to be this way with the, with the addition of Pulisic. Uh, right now, it feels like the goalkeeping camp for Minnesota United between the first team and the second team is, you know, kind of a mixture of quite young guys and and quite older veteran guys. And St. Clair is a little bit in the middle of that, but obviously on the younger side, um, sort of the leader of that, of that part of the camp, obviously, with his experience. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, it, it's great to see another young talent sort of join that mix. Um, it'll be interesting to see how all these different goalkeepers do sort of levy out their portions of game time or or who sort of wins that battle over the rest. Um, obviously, with Pulisic, that's more going to be a conversation with Minnesota United too. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, I think it's never bad to invest in a young, talented goalkeeper, especially when you have a way of getting him game time and development without necessarily taking time away from your main guy. Um, yeah. So, yeah, no, I think this is a really interesting addition, and hopefully in a couple, you know, well, this season certainly, but hopefully in the future we can see him kind of, develop um become a bigger part of the uh, of the lose.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: All right, that is it for Minnesota United discussion
0: a lot of it but we are not done, ladies and gentlemen. The lower league content is a plenty on this week's episode of 10,000 pitches. So do not move, stick around. We're back in a minute. We will get back into the episode in just a quick minute, but uh of course you've heard us talk about Pence-Holmes numerous times, not only here on the 10,000 Pitches podcast, but also on the Saloon's postgame show during the Minnesota United season as well. And the reason why we are so grateful for Pence-Holmes' support is it's so rare to find a local business like Pence-Holmes who is so committed to helping support the local Minnesota soccer community. And that's what Nate Pence and his team have really shown, um, especially over these last few years. You know, they are sponsoring Minneapolis City Soccer Club, they're sponsoring Minnesota Minnesota Aurora FC. Um, Nate Pence is huge into supporting Minnesota United as well, among other local soccer organizations and entities. Soda Soccer included, and 10,000 pitches included. So, if you want to look at a business that's supporting the local soccer community, but can also do a damn good job of helping you buy a new home, sell your current home, or do both at the same time, look no further than Nate Pence and the team at Pence Homes. -Homes P-E-N-T-Z-Homes.com is the website. Go there right now. If you're in or around Minneapolis and St. Paul and you are kind of in that process of thinking about selling your home or buying a new home or doing both, which is super stressful, um, I highly recommend you go to PenceHomes.com and just check out their reviews. Don't take it from me. Take it from the... Hundreds and hundreds of people who have done business with Nate Pence and his team. It's probably thousands of people at this point. But the hundreds of reviews that they have over at PenceHomes.com from people who have actually worked with Nate and worked with the team and have had such a great experience. You can have that experience as well. pentz Homes.com, Or if I have sold you here, just email Nate directly. Nate, A-T-E at Penceholmes.com. Huge thanks again to Pence Homes for supporting Soda Soccer and the Ten Thousand Pitches podcast. Let's get back into the show. All right, welcome back to 10K. We are moving down the ladder and talking lower league. And man, the lower league news, I mean, we kind of already touched on this a little bit with Minneapolis City and Carl Craig. But I mean, that that is only the tip of the iceberg when it comes to the lower league content, the lower league news. A lot of teams dropping big, big news, including Duluth FC. They've announced new owners. Cool. New owners. That's fun, right? Always good to get new ownership, especially investing in lower league soccer. But it's even bigger news when one of those owners is a freaking Olympic gold medalist. (laughs) Curler John Schuster has teamed up with area business owner Alex Giuliani, and they are now co-founders of Duluth FC and a local youth soccer organization there in Duluth as well. Or uh, excuse me, Giuliani is also a co-founder of the youth soccer organization. Giuliani now um, taking on Duluth FC alongside gold medalist curler John Schuster. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It, it We are 32 minutes into this episode, Dom, and we are just now getting to an Olympic gold medalist becoming an owner of a local lower league soccer team. <laughs> That's how much news that there is to cover on this week's episode. But I mean, what an incredible like pull for Duluth FC to get maybe the most famous Duluthian on the planet to to be their owner. That's amazing.
1: Yeah, no, it's really cool. Um, and you know, I think the other part of all this that is obviously okay, There's a lot of things that are good about this. Uh, obviously, it's it's great to to know that the folks that will be owning the club moving forward are going to be people that are um are both closely connected to to sports uh in some cases soccer in some cases not and and also sort of the project of of uh running a successful you know business uh you know running a successful operation um with with john schuster obviously you know played at the highest levels of his game which is curling he's become a bit of an icon in duluth um and, and, and is also, you know, beloved in, in the whole area and superior. And, uh, and he's from Chisholm, which is close to Duluth. It's just sort of a little bit out of town. Um, so, you know, he, he's, he's become a bit of a symbol in that whole area, a household name in some cases, which is certainly an achievement. Um, and so really cool to see him become part of the club at a formal level. He's actually been a fan of the club for a while. He's actually been a host parent for the team. Uh, for an out-of-town player before, uh, and with Alex Giuliani, you know uh, he's more known in the city of Duluth for for his sort of economic, uh, sort of business side. Uh, he's been involved in a couple different businesses in Duluth, but uh, he was one of the founders of the of the Gitchi Gumi uh, Youth Organization soccer organization that is a huge huge part of the youth scene in Duluth. So uh, he certainly knows about the sport as well. And uh, yeah, I think I think it's a really great pair of guys to take up the helm. Uh, with with Tim Sasse departing, uh, just, just for the, if, if people hadn't seen anywhere else, the reason Tim Sass is departing is on his own accord. He uh, essentially got a new position at a, a very prominent East Orthodox church uh, in Minnesota, but not in Duluth. Uh, and so he, he chose to pursue that and, and, and leave the area. And, and so the process began to do this. Um, I'll say that I know this process actually has been going on for a while. They Duluth FC took a lot of time to decide how they were going to do this and who they were going to put their faith in uh, with this next chapter. And these two guys certainly uh, earned that with with a certain amount of time and patience. Um, But yeah, I think. uh, Yeah, again, I think it's a great new step for the club, two guys that are going to be able to continue to support it financially, but also have that passion for it and want to help build the game, understand the importance of the club and the community. It was good to see them both kind of address that in, uh, I believe it was a Duluth News Tribune article that that came out about this. Um, and also great to know that, that uh, you know, Tim Sass can go focus on uh, all the other stuff that he does in his life. The man of many uh, career paths, uh, knowing that hmm. his project is going to be in good hands. Um, I, I, will, I will add just as a quick note uh, that, uh, you know, Tim Sass did a lot of great work with that club. Um, the guy that had a million other things going on in his life and somehow managed to also have time to run and own a, a football team. He also was the GM for the entire, up until last season, he was the GM. Yeah. So, um, I mean, the guy gave a lot, he was also a driver and he was also, he was actually also the coach at first. <laughs> um, and so, you know, big credit to him. I, I owe Tim Sass a lot for my growth and uh, my side of of this game and and I really appreciate the time that and the faith that he's given me uh, and and as a as a as a uh, example of of how much he meant, I think to the folks that were involved in this team from you know twenty fifteen sixteen to i guess more or less last year 2020, 2021, i actually I actually was getting messages from old Duluth FC players asking why what happened to him when this news came Mm -hmm. out because they were concerned why he wasn't owning the team anymore. If something had happened to him, I was getting messages from guys that haven't played for Duluth in four, five years um, asking about, Hey, is Tim? Okay. What's up Mm -hmm. with this new stuff? (laughs) So this is a guy that left a really strong impression on people and, and certainly deserved that. Um, But yeah, all that being said, really excited to see what the next chapter of the club looks like. And really excited to see what these two guys that certainly are great representatives of Duluth can do with this team.
0: Yeah. I'm really glad you mentioned Tim. He's been a huge friend of our show supporter of our show. Um, I'm, I think episode three or four, we uh, was the first time we connected with Tim. So he's literally been with us or, you know, been been helping us out and been on the podcast since the beginning. So um, yeah, kudos to Tim, you know, all the best to him and his his future endeavors, um, you know, professionally, but also very cool news uh, that Duluth FC is kind of getting this level of prominence and level of investment, uh, presumably, in their, in their club to take them to the next level as well. All right, moving on, kind of staying in the Twin Ports, uh, Superior City FC is a new club that will be joining the, both the men's and women's leagues in the UPSL. Um, and they are connected with Hayward Wolfpack. Hayward Wolfpack is actually moving its operations to Superior and fielding the Superior Wolfpack, who will stay in the Wapassel and still field their reserve team in Dassel as well. But they're actually also starting pre-professional teams, as we just mentioned in the men's and women's UPSL leagues named superior city FC. So this is one team sort of making a move to, uh, to another area, but also a new club just in general launching actually, multiple new clubs launching with the men's and women's sides um, in the UPSL. So just the more soccer, the better, in my opinion. Obviously, when it comes to the show, the more soccer teams we have to talk about, the better. And um, it'll be interesting to see. Hayward Wolfpack have been, you know, a a really good um, kind of upstart club in Wapassel over the last few years. Very well run. Caden Bergman, who also actually runs the Wapassel as a whole, has been on the podcast a couple times. Definitely knows what he's doing in regards to his club and his league. And um, I would I would expect nothing less for the operations happening in Superior now. Um, with this UPSL club, um, a great move for them and uh, a great move for local soccer to kind of have a, have a new club uh, join the, uh, join the group, if you will.
1: Yeah, I think um, there's, there's a lot of cool things about this project. You know, I, I think the, the Wolfpack have always been an interesting club in their various iterations because this is a club that is being run by, you know, young guys that, that have a lot of future out of them that were, you know, Working with their situation where they happen to to sort of be from and be based and all that sort of thing, and uh, the, the the Bergman brothers, particularly you know certainly Caden, but also Cole, have been really dedicated to this project for many years, dedicated to soccer, dedicated to soccer in Wisconsin, um, obviously reflected in in the work that that Caden's done with the, with, with as well, uh, but even all the way back in the Dassel days, and uh, you know. I know. I know that this project has been on the table for a while, mm-hmm. um, multiple years. There has been discussion about um, the UPSL coming to Superior. I will say um, that there was even actually maybe four years ago a different party of people that were trying to do that. That done and it didn't happen. But um, you know, there there there's been a lot of discussion about Superior being the host city for this kind of team for a while and I know that the, the Bergmans have really wanted to be a part of that for a while. So it's really great to see that come to fruition. I think that Superior certainly deserves a team. You know, the Duluth FC have has has benefited from the Superior soccer scene certainly um from from Holden Law who literally works for UWS being, you know, basically the head of content there now to uh, Joe Mooney being one of the play-by-plays for for Duluth for multiple seasons, who, of course, is the head coach at UWS, the men's head coach. Um, There's a lot of connections between Duluth FC and the City of Superior, but uh, you know, at a certain point, it makes sense for Superior to have the ability to represent itself. And uh, I think this creates a really mm-hmm. cool um, relationship there. Obviously, the teams will be in different leagues, but I imagine that at some point there will be... <laughs> some sort of game between the two sides, um, and and certainly a relation, certainly a relationship that continues to develop between them. I think that's really exciting superior, um, folks that are just sort of know Duluth exists may think of superior as sort of like, Oh, that other place, but superior has, has its own soccer culture. They're building a stadium right now at UWS that will be for, uh, for soccer. And I think one or two other sports that is supposed to be a very impressive project, the UWS, soccer teams men and women have have always been a big part of the soccer scene in that area a very successful organization a lot of great players developed there uh some of which i played for duluth fc in recent years but um yeah i think i think it was, you know in, in the same way that uws and Saints alaska particularly have always developed this sort of soccer rivalry between the two cities uh Saints alaska of course being in duluth uh i think it'd be great for that to start to develop a little bit at the club level um, yeah. and, and so, you know, Duluth FC has always actually kind of represented a melding of those worlds and that there's always been a ton of St. Elastic connections and a ton of UWS connections. But I think the idea that maybe that could start to develop a little more of a wider berth at the club level is really exciting. So, uh, yeah, it's exciting to see what these guys can do and, and, and women as well at, in the UPSL on their own accord, just as a team in this league, but also really interested to see how that can kind of develop the, uh, the local scene and the local culture as well. So. Congrats to them on uh, on a very hard-fought step in this project.
0: Absolutely, and congrats to Rochester FC as well for, A, being the most um, active on uh, putting out their club information over the last four or five weeks. It's been a huge help to us here on the podcast. But arguably the biggest announcement they have made so far uh, was made on Tuesday, as all the other announcements seem to were, have been made on Tuesday. <laughs> Um, Sebastian Narvaez is their new USL League Two head coach. Um, he's a former professional player, previously played for Rochester Thunder and Minnesota Thunder, or the Minnesota Thunder Feeder Club, and he coached at multiple pro sides, including Atletico SC and Orsa Marso in Colombia. Um, we were kind of wondering. I think the feeling is when you're Rochester FC and you take on a project like this, it's like, how, how serious are you going to treat it? Which is, it sounds like a terrible thing to say, but it's, you know, it's one thing to say, okay, we're going to be in the W league. We're going to be in USL league 2 We're going to do this right in 2023. And then actually putting the pieces in place to make that happen. We've seen right. some of the marquee signings that they have made some of the investment in the youth organization over these, over the last four or five weeks to make sure that this, um, system that ultimately feeds into these adult clubs continues to be sustainable, but now we sort of know who's at the top of the heap as far as head coach of this USL league two club. I mean, he's got quite the resume and it'll be interesting to see, you know, how he matches up with, you know, a a Carl Craig, for example, and, and how, what type of, what type of identity that this Rochester FC team is going to have and how they're going to look on the pitch in 2023. But on the surface, Seems like a pretty darn good head coach signing for the for the new USL League 2 club.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I've got to say props to, to Rochester FC for really doing about as good of a job as you can do to sort of match up um, the the hype of obviously a, a really well-known coach for this area, you know, coming in in Minneapolis City. Narvaez is obviously maybe less known here than, than Carl Craig, but this is a guy that has a pro resume he's coached at a high level the the two teams that he's uh, coached with uh, in colombia um have spent most of their time in the second division in colombia uh that that's that's a high level of the game it's not the highest level of the game but it's a high level of the game and uh he he has a lot of experience at the youth level as well i know uh which obviously will come in handy as well so you know look rochester fc have announced some good players they've they've certainly um they've clearly made sure that they have a large chunk of that roster developed and set early. You combine that with a talented head coach and that can very much turn into something good, uh, especially when you're, you're embarking on a new journey. So yeah, to your point, you know, unfortunately at the lower league level, sometimes teams join leagues and then they kind of, I'm not going to name any names, but they kind of skim um, at the bottom of tables and and don't necessarily put that much effort into uh, to building up. And uh, that that happens less in USL League Two than the other leagues, but it certainly does happen in USL League Two. And uh, oh. it's great to see Rochester FC certainly not being that at all. They're they're really putting a lot of effort into getting those players signed up, getting a, a, a mixture of local and sort of national and global talent, adding a, a great head coach, uh, as far as 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 I know. Uh, and so yeah, it's it's exciting. It's making me look forward to to seeing how they in Minneapolis City and St. Croix can all kind of make this next USL uh, League 2 season more exciting and also how they can make this next USLW League season more exciting by giving Minnesota a little more of a wider berth of representation. Um, So yeah, I, I, I think it's all great news from them.
0: And that's it for the lower league news this week. Let's go ahead and jump right into top four this is kind of how we always end the show. Top four stories. that don't necessarily have to do with the rundown, but you know things that we find notable or things that we might want to talk about. And uh, Dom, I am going to allow you the uh, the benefit, the the honor of kicking us off on top. Four All stories. right.
1: Um, I'll start with a, a, a quick shout out to uh, to Herbert and Dele, uh, who uh, you know we we talked about in previous episodes. He's recently drafted by FC Dallas in the MLS Super Draft. He's a Totino Grace alum. Uh, youth club, Minneapolis United, and also played for Minneapolis city last year. Uh, He, uh, he made an appearance for FC Dallas in a friendly, they played against our Barcelona SC, which is an Ecuadorian club. It's not FC Barcelona Um, at, uh, at Toyota stadium. Uh, There's some, actually some images that went up on the FC Dallas um, social media accounts that included him got some minutes in there. Uh, So great to see him, uh, you know, you, you never know. Obviously, when you're when you're drafted in that first round, there's always a sense that you're going to have a real shot with your team. But at the same time, you never quite know what that's going to look like. Sometimes it doesn't work out for mm-hmm. guys. Uh, so great to see him, you know, clearly making an impression at Dallas, getting a little bit of that preseason time, uh, some encouraging signs for his future, which, of course, is a a bright one, but also a, a long one. He's very young, got a lot of time ahead of him. Mm-hmm. So just a shout out to him. Awesome minutes against a, a big team, certainly by by Ecuadorian standards and um, continuing to sort of find his place at FC Dallas.
0: Yeah, and I, th- I think, you know, it's important not to underestimate how important these preseason matches and this time can be for a newly drafted player like Ndele. This is where you're, you're sort of proving yourself. Right. right. This is where you're going to get that that opportunity on the pitch where, you know, for a lot of the more seasoned players, it may just be, you know, keeping fitness, keeping loose, you know, tightening up some skills, things like that. But for guys like Ndele, this is the time where you sh- you you know, it's your opportunity to show that when February 25th comes around and the season starts, you know, you should be one of those guys that off the bench that is being looked at to get. And um, so it's good that he's getting that opportunity to show that so early and hopefully. And- Hopefully he can uh, he can continue to you know increase his standing with the club as we uh, we get further and further and at least at the very least um, you know with with North Texas North Texas SC there excuse me um, and MLS Next Pro you know maybe he'll get that continued opportunity there at the very least if not getting a chance with FC Dallas um, the senior club as we get uh, closer to that MLS regular season. Um, my first top four story is not a, I mean, depending on how you look at it, it could be a positive one, depending on your opinion. Uh, uh, just before we, uh, went live here, um, or not went live, but we started recording here. Ernie Stewart, it was announced he is out as U S soccer general manager, as he takes a new job at PSV Eindhoven, returning to the Netherlands from whence he came to take the GM job at U S soccer. And so now Dom, as we stand January, twenty 26- sixth. 2023 is recording here. You know, you're about a year away from a Copa America. You're, uh, you know, three years and change away from hosting the world cup, the most important world cup in your country's history. Uh, as far as, uh, you know, the football association goes, um, you don't have a GM and you don't have a head coach and I, you don't have a, like a president either. There's another executive position that's not filled right now. So it is, kind of it's weird because you're coming off this mostly positive world cup where you know a lot of positives could be taken from that a lot it seemed like there was momentum snowballing heading into the 24 and 26 and now all of a sudden it seems like you're 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 scrapping it and starting from scratch um interesting place to be at this juncture for u.s soccer i think i don't think a place any of us expected them to be just a couple short months ago
1: yeah uh, it, 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 you know, I think actually the point you made there is really worth noting. I think part of why all of this feels so strange, like part of why this process has been so strange for everybody, is that in theory this year should have been very calm and collected. Like yep. the World Cup ended relatively well, not necessarily the way people wanted. I think there's you know some people that thought that Netherlands' name could have gone better, but like it wasn't a disaster. It was more or less expectation. Um, you know, there weren't any huge mistakes or that sort of thing there were some good games in there some good results and um you you do that and you assume that means that at least for this next chunk of the cycle at least until the gold cup starts probably going to be pretty good vibes around this organization and (laughs) has been anything but good vibes around this organization um so that's unfortunate but yeah i mean it'll be interesting to see what this departure means for that, that whole maze, that's kind of developed. Uh, obviously now, like you said, you got a couple positions that are kind of vacant. It's unclear what's going to happen with any of those. It's going to be unclear what happens with certain people still that are sort of in the mix, like Ray Berlhuter. Um So it'll be very interesting to see that continue to develop, but yeah, I, I, I echo your sentiment that it's, it's been very interesting to see because on the pitch other than I guess the fact that Zio Reyna didn't play as that much at the World Cup on the pitch, really nothing has happened to fuel this. It's all happening off, it's all happening off the pitch, which is sort of an interesting um, situation. But you know, is what it is. Uh, be interesting to see uh, how U.S. soccer continues to manage these comings and goings. Um, uh, my, my final top four, um, is uh. Well, it actually connects a little bit to something I said earlier in the show, and it kind of connects to Jeremy's other top four. Uh, but um, is uh, it? It starts as a shout out to me, but it's a shout out to other people. Um, I, I recently, uh, uh, well, technically, I'm just short, but I, I just hit about 150 stories with the Osseo Maple Grove Press, uh, where I work for now, and uh, that that was a, a a fun milestone to hit. Those stories come at you fast when you write, you know, anywhere from five to 10 of them a week. Uh, so they pile on pretty quick, but um, was, was very happy to kind of get that, that milestone. Uh, I started there in September. So I'm at, I'm uh, approaching about half a year and um, wanted to use that as opportunity again to echo, you know, I mentioned Tim Sass before spoiler alert. This final note is going to have to do with the lunum from Jeremy. I just want to use an opportunity to kind of shout out all those folks that uh, certainly have helped uh, helped me with this writing journey, like Tim Sass, like the folks at E Pluribus Luna, obviously Jeremy as well, lots of other people between the start and here, all these different websites I wrote for and all that, um, that, uh, that helped me a lot in all this. I, I will always appreciate all the people that, that helped uh, me in that journey. And uh, this is just a fun sort of bookmark and all of that. But uh, I just wanted to to repeat my thanks to to all those different parties. Uh, this might be more of an off-air
0: conversation, but I'm going to bring it up on the podcast anyways. So I was having lunch yesterday with uh, Kyle Johnson from the Karen FA. And mm-hmm. uh, we spent probably more time than I'd like to admit talking about you, actually, Dom. Because <laughs> uh, oh. we got on the topic about the story you wrote about them at the beginning of the season and uh, <laughs> or at the beginning of the year last year. And then got to talk about kind of your, how, what it's happened with you professionally um, in 2022. And it, it's, I'm sure anybody watching this, listening to this, consuming our content understands that, you know, the, the journalism landscape it might be the toughest profession to make a living in. Um Yeah. One of them. And so we were just talking about a, how good you did on the article will be how happy we were for you that you, you found a job, you know, you found a career job, you know, in this, in this industry. Um, and, uh, or, or, you know, we're kind of able to make it work for yourself and, um, yeah, anyways. Um, Thank you for being awesome and for still helping us out here at Soda Soccer, even though you're very, very busy with your work at the Osseo uh, Press there. Um, Well-deserved, that 150-story milestone for you, by the way. Yeah, um, yeah. so real,
1: so real quick, I'll, I'll, two things. One, I just want to say, yeah, uh, shout out to Kyle. He's been a great friend and a, a great person to work with uh, and, a, and a great supporter for, for a while now. So shout out to Kyle. He's great. And the current FA is obviously great. Um, and I do want to say to your point, yeah look, this is a hard i right bef- right before I got this job, I you know it looked like I was never going to get a job in in this field. That's kind of how it works. And the only reason I have this job is because the guy before me decided to take another position. Uh, so you know I mean, this opening exists because a person made a a, a personal choice that happened to, happen to complement the timing of me looking for a job. Um, and unfortunately, that's the way it works out for a lot of people, and it means a lot of people don't get those positions that's that's definitely part of why i try to avoid complaining too much about anything that happens at this job because unfortunately you gotta have a little bit of luck on your side um mm-hmm. that being said obviously folks that want to pursue it should but uh yeah it you know it's a tough business so i i, I very much appreciate the fact that i've gotten to this point point. and again yeah i mean everybody not just people that had places i wrote for but also yeah people like kyle who gave me their time and and gave me opportunities to tell stories about them all that sort of stuff a huge appreciation to all of them uh that that's as that is as important as anything else that that helped me along the way so yeah shout out to everybody again
0: all right and uh speaking of shout outs my final top four is a huge shout out to everybody who is currently or has contributed to e pluribus lunum um a week ago friday um so if you are to us on friday one week ago exactly um SB Nation and Vox Media announced that they were going to scrap a lot of the SB Nation sports websites and that all of the MLS-affiliated websites would be included in, in that cut, um, E. Pluribus Lunum being one of them. And, you know, it's, it's unfortunate because these SB Nation websites have really been the backbone and the one place to find consistent coverage on any given team at any given time where other more established, you know, and it's not the case here in Aaron, here in Minnesota. Andy does great work at the pioneer press. Jerry does great work at the star tribune. Um, but even, even here, you know, having two beat writers for a team compared to what's happening with the wolves, the Wilds, the, the Vikings is very, very minuscule. And a lot of markets don't even have that. Um, and so these SB nation sites really devoted to covering these teams and covering them very, very well, Um, daily content in most cases on the clubs have really been the backbone of coverage of MLS for a very, very long time. And it's really unfortunate to see SB nation make this decision locally. It's unfortunate for, uh, you know, Ashley and and Bridget and uh, Alan, who have sort of been, have carried the torch in the last couple of years. And, you know, they had really big plans for 2023 um, in terms of content as well. Um, obviously, you know, huge shout out to, to you, Dominic and and Jacob and Eli and everybody who has, who has written for E Pluribus Lunum over the years. It's been a hub for many, many writers, not only locally, but nationally to kickstart their careers in covering, uh, sports as well. Um, you know, it's the end, it's truly the end of an era. And, um, you know, Ashley and Bridget put out something on, uh, the website, uh, the other day day while they still have access to it and while it still exists that they were going to kind of continue coverage in some way shape or form um and so if you want to support that or learn more about that you can head to e Pluribus lunum now and and check that out um and you know the more coverage of these teams the better you know it's not yeah. one of the one of these things where you know monopolizing coverage is going to benefit anyone the more places that are writing about these teams, the more places that are talking about these teams, the more places that are covering these teams, the better it's going to be for everybody. And so I, I really do hope, even though they t- technically might be competition to us here at Soda Soccer, I really hope that, um, you know, that E Lunum in some way should perform continues um, and will, you know, continue to flourish as an independent side, or if anybody wants to to take them on. Um, you know, uh, it's just, it's, it's unfortunate. It's the end of an era. It's kind of gutting to see that I'm sure for you, Dom, as somebody who con- directly contributed to the site for a number of years, yeah. it's tough to see that as well, But just, just shout out to everybody who made that site run um, for the, you know, the seven years or so that it did, because it was a great hub for Minnesota United information, great hub for Minnesota United coverage. A lot of people were really hard to make it what it was. Um, and it's sad to see it go, but hopefully kind of in the ashes rises something new that can be, just as or even more influential than E. Pluribus Linum was itself.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I just want to real quick, at you know, echo and add a lot of what you're saying. Um, you know, they're there. What's the phrase? There's no, there's no love lost for me and like SB nation or whatever. This is not talking about them, but that the folks that actually made that site work worked really hard and had a lot of good intention did a lot of good work. Uh, they certainly deserve better treatment than what has happened. And yeah, I mean, a a huge—if nothing else—what I'll just add to that, all of that is a huge shout out to to Ashley and and Eli, who at the time they were sort of the two people that were in charge there, um, Mm. for giving me an opportunity. E pluribus lunum was the first journalistic site I ever wrote for. When I got uh, a spot there, all I I had done in sports writing was write like three press releases for Duluth FC. The season hadn't even started yet. And I just started work, helping with Duluth FC. They gave me a huge chance. I was not, to be clear, and this kind of connects to even my other thing, I was not a journalism student in college. I learned journalism by doing journalism. I learned journalism by watching sports and writing about them. And I a ton of those lessons happened at E Pluribus Lunum, working around people, working with people, learning from people. So, you know, they they did a lot of good for a lot of people. I'm not going to speak for like, Everybody, I'm not gonna speak for like a Jacob or or so on, but I, I imagine all those guys have similar versions of that story in the sense of like this is a great opportunity. It really helped. Uh the the years that I spent helping out there are are well remembered years and fondly remembered years. Um, the first story I remember feeling really proud of was at e Pluribus Lunum. I imagine it's still up, hopefully. <laughs> uh it was and it was that I I did so I was I was just doing lower league stuff that I was mostly NPSO at the time and um i did a story where i talked to like five different team photographers i started with alex geneve who was a photographer at the lutefc at the time and i did uh i'm blanking on some names now but i, I did folks that did VSLT and minneapolis city and uh gosh i think med city uh, maybe one more i just did uh talking to them about their their approach to the sports photography showed some examples of foot but it, it was a really fun piece to write talked to a lot of people and I remember putting that up and it was the first time I put something up that wasn't basically just like telling you who scored in a game. Mm-hmm. And like, that was one of the first times I felt like, okay, I can do that. That's a thing I can do. And without them giving me a place to do stuff like that, all this other shit we're talking about, the, 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 the soda, the talking to Kyle Johnson about the current FA, all these different times, all that shit doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen. I wouldn't have had the face, the faith in myself to do any of it. I had no confidence in myself as a sports writer when I joined Echloribus Luna. So a huge shout out to those two for for helping me specifically. And a shout out to, like you said, everybody else who had some sort of role leading that ship. Uh, it, it was great to have. And I'm glad that they have a plan to continue to contribute in, in, in some way. But yeah, I mean... It's horrible what what espionation has really sprung on people here. Um, you know, some of these blogs that are going down by the way, all, all, all the MLS espionation blogs had good followings. A lot of them had really respectable followings, you know, several thousand followers, good, good interactions, everything. But I mean, to be clear, Espionation is showing a level of apathy towards MLS that involves they're cutting blogs that have like 20K Twitter followers. They're cutting yeah. blogs that have huge followings. Uh, and and so, founder at heart, really
0: Musket, the yeah. you know, Orlando Cities is is really well followed and yeah. well covered. I mean, there, so are, some, there are some, there are some of these websites are still the prominent place to find you know, that that, that covers the team, yeah. uh, in some of these markets.
1: And so, it, it really, it really is. Yes, yeah, it's just, it funny. sucks. It sucks. So, yeah, so uh, very, very sorry to see this happening to everybody at all those sites. Um, and certainly, sorry to see this happen to the, the folks I've become friends with at A Pluribus Luna, but a thank you to all of them. Some of them already know this, but a thank you to all of them for helping me and helping a lot of other people. And yeah, I mean, all the best wishes, and I'll certainly do my best to uh, support and follow how they continue those journeys for themselves. And I And I certainly hope everyone else does that.
0: And uh, again, follow them on Twitter at E Lunum. For now, they're still kind of active and, and have access to the account. And that's uh, theoretically the best place where you can find updates on what's going to be happening with coverage from the folks at E Lunum, Ashley, Bridget, and Allen specifically uh, moving forward and what they decide to do. So I encourage everybody to go follow them there uh, so you can get that information and stay updated. Um, you can stay updated on new Minnesota United signing Miguel Tapias on this week's episode of 10K Stoppage Time. Head over to page patreon.com right now uh patreon.com slash soda soccer right now to get that piece of content dominic and i sort of diving in on his resume and how he's going to impact minnesota united's back line in 2023 so stick around for that uh if not no worries we'll catch you next week for another episode of 10k later